Welcome to Saving the Game. This is episode 54, Holiday Gaming. Recorded Monday, December 22nd of 2014, with your hosts, Grant, Peter, and Brandon. Welcome to Saving the Game. I'm Grant. I'm Peter. And I have to go soon. Also known as Brandon. Yep, Brandon's got a game in like 40 minutes, so hey, we can't really complain about that. No. We are a gaming podcast. Yeah, so we're going to try and rush through this as much as we can. This episode might end up being a little short, or Brandon might just go and Peter and I will ramble for a few more minutes. Eh, we'll see. First off, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, I think, if my math is right on when this episode will drop. Yeah, I I think so. We are planning on doing our New Year's episode. It will, it'll probably drop towards the end of January, honestly, but that's the best we can do. It's been kind of a crazy month for everybody. We are also planning on doing that one live. Yes, although the live will happen before this episode drops, but I'll link to the YouTube recording of that in the show notes. We got a couple of things we need to touch on here. Peter, you want to start? Sure. Um, as you heard in the last episode, I have been published again. Uh, Sojourn Volume 2 came out, and I have a story called Winter Mercy in there. If you're interested in that at all, check that out. Uh, yep. There's a bunch of other really fantastic stories by other members of the Fear of the Boot community in there, too. Actually, really looking forward to having the time to dig into some of those, because from what I have heard at events and stuff, some of those sound amazing. So Good. I have not ordered mine yet, and am a terrible person and friend. Oh, pfft. it's not like you're not going to. I certainly hope I'll remember, yes. Look, I know how you are with reading material. You're fooling nobody. All right, fair enough. And I, I will link to Sojourn in the show notes, of course. Next thing, fundraiser. We are, as we record, wrapping up our fundraiser for the Bodana Group. Unless we get some last-minute donations, right now we're sitting at $200, which is pretty good since we had a goal of $150. Uh, we might go a bit higher than that. I'm certainly hoping so. But I want to thank everybody who donated. Uh, you guys are supporting an awesome cause. And honestly, if you haven't donated as part of the our fundraiser, don't think that you can't donate to the Bodana Group. It's certainly nice to help them out as kind of one big organized drive, but they're the kind of people who need our support year-round, and I'm really excited to provide that for them. Yeah, I so, think you can pretty much donate to them on days ending in Y. Let's do our scripture then, shall we? All right. You want Isaiah or Corinthians? I'll take Isaiah. I'll take Corinthians. This is uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And this is Second Corinthians 6, 2. For he says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So, this is one of those topics that I think every RPG podcast has to hit at some point. Seasonal games. Holiday yep. games. Right? Mm -hmm. Christmas or Halloween or... Christmas and Halloween are probably the two biggest ones. Next to Valentine's Day, possibly. Maybe. St. Patrick's Day, oddly enough. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think that's mostly an excuse to be drunken Irishmen, but, yeah. you know. I could see Independence Day, maybe. Maybe, but I've never heard anybody doing that. Challenge accepted? The challenge accepted. Don't get me wrong. It'd be fun. <laughs> I think we could all try and play Will Smith 
in a stolen alien craft. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be great fun. <laughs> it would actually be monstrous amounts of fun. See, I think the reason that it goes with uh, Christmas and Halloween is those are the two that, in my mind, are most tied to supernatural events. Halloween mm. is the time for all things spooky and scary and monsters, and monsters and games go together like peanut butter and jelly. And yeah. Christmas is about time and fellowship, and then there's Santa and all these other myths about a magical person living in there. So in worlds where magic exists, or even it's like a huge celebration, especially, well, it's a huge celebration in America, which is primarily where I play video games and role-playing yeah. games and stuff like that. So thus by it is a huge thing to me. That has a huge impact, and it's one to be represented. Also, they've got some great iconography. I mean, mm -hmm. Santa, Christmas tree, reindeer, snow, all go really good together. Ghosts, ghouls, uh, oh, yeah. uh, jack-o'-lanterns, Jack the Lad himself. Yeah, it's all very visible. You know, I think another reason that they're so popular, touching on the iconography thing, they're the only two we really decorate a lot for. Yeah, very true. Halloween and Christmas are the two that we really sort of get stuck in our minds, right? They're the ones that we sort of, you know, it's the month of Halloween and everybody does spooky things, right, oh. in the build-up to it. And Christmas, you know, it starts in July for some people, but it... Earlier, if you work in retail. I know. <laughs> uh, I know there's a radio station in Kansas that uh, a few years ago started playing Christmas songs in July. I think there are some that are all year round now, and that's not even counting internet radio. But, um... Christmas just kind of gets stuck in your head. It's it's the Christmas season, and you're sort of swimming in Christmas, right? Yeah. So one might even say drowning. <laughs> well, if you work in retail, yes, especially if you work in retail and no, receiving. see in retail, your head is being held under the Christmas. Yes, you're being drowned. Yeah. Instead of just drowning. I think as sort of a counterpoint to what you said about they're the ones that we most decorate and dress up for. I, I would say that there are two others that I have seen that fall in that, and that's Easter. And uh, Thanksgiving, which do have a lot of decorations to them, especially with Easter and the hiding of the eggs and all that stuff. But I don't think we see many of them, mainly because... Wait, you guys decorate for Thanksgiving in your part of the country? That must be an East Coast thing. Here in the Midwest, we just have the meal. It's either uh... a decor It's either just the East part of my country or in my house, because we have tons of Thanksgiving decorations that come yeah, up. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of harvesty stuff. Yeah. Instead of the jack-o'-lantern, you get pumpkins and squash and fall leaves. And, and turkeys. Lots turkeys. and lots of turkeys. Oh, turkeys everywhere. Pilgrims, Indians, turkeys. Yeah. It's, it's not that I disbelieve you guys. It's just that I haven't experienced this. I well, mean, here, here's the thing. It's not as intense, shall we say. Certainly, you don't expect to drive around and look at the Thanksgiving decorations at night. Or, you know, go, oh, wow, they really went all out on Halloween this year with the cobwebs. And, you know, you don't get... Oh, wow, they went really all out with the disturbingly accurate smallpox blankets. I, You know, it doesn't happen. <laughs> well, yeah, and and I think that Thanksgiving has the problem that it's uh, abutted by the two big ones. You well, know, yeah, we've seen got, that. It just yeah. gets swamped in the retail market. And I don't want to turn this into some sort of anti-retail, anti-consumerist tirade. We don't have time really? for that. Really? I do. <laughs> well, I know you do, but... My my point is, I think that those holidays tend to get stuck in your mind, right? You kind of think, oh, yeah, Thanksgiving's coming up, but you're not swimming in Thanksgiving. 
No, it's true you're not. Um, no, you're slaving away in the kitchen. Not even that in a lot of cases. I mean, one of the things that's interesting about the Thanksgiving feast is a lot of it's just, you know, kind of set it and forget it. I mean, once the turkey is in the oven, you don't really have to do much to it. You just got to wait for it to be cooked. Okay, you haven't been to my house for Thanksgiving. Chrissy yeah. does like seven dishes. Yeah, we have a huge family feast, so yeah. uh, Thanksgiving uh, is a major deal. It, it may be it may be that just there's a lot of division of labor. Pretty much my entire family cooks, so it's done kind of in a potluck fashion, and I guess maybe that... But so. even then, here's the thing. Is that more than one or two days? The holiday itself? Well, the, the whole process of Thanksgiving. It's, it's, it's a day. It's There's a day. no Thanksgiving right. season like there is with Christmas. And this is why I think running a seasonal or holiday game is useful, especially for Halloween and Christmas. Your gaming group's kind of just riding that wave anyway, right? It's been Christmas for a month now. Yeah. We're only, we're only thinking Christmas. Instead of trying to fight that, all right, guys, no, listen, according to our chronology, it's midsummer and you guys are over here, right? No, just have a one-off Christmas game because it's less jarring. Now, I can see a very good argument for, guys, it's Christmas, I'm going crazy, I need to get away from Christmas for three hours. <laughs> Two of us work in retail and one of us is, you know, works at a radio station that's been playing Christmas music. There shall be no Christmas if in this game. If anyone says Christmas or snow or holidays or Santa Claus during this game, I'm going home. <laughs> you know, I can see an argument for that as a break. But I think it's okay to just kind of ride that wave and use it as an excuse to do something fun. Because that's the fun of a holiday game. You would never do it otherwise. Yeah, we certainly got some mileage out of that in last week's game. Or I guess it was the week before. Well, there are few excuses to uh, drive a levitating sleigh with eight jet-propelled reindeer. Yes, with troll arms dealer dressed as Santa Claus in the back. Flying it through a mall. You can make it happen, but because it's Christmas, it's kind of fun, right? You're hitting on those themes and motifs. And I think there's something to be said for simply celebrating a particular holiday in your game. Hey, we're here. Let's just roll with it you know it, certainly it's not going to be a, a thanksgiving game that celebrates family necessarily i mean you could do that and that might not be a bad thing but yeah i could see especially in like uh that birthright game that you've told me about mm -hmm. where everybody's got their own kind of their dynasties and their circles of influence and stuff it, it seems like that would be a natural fit for maybe not thanksgiving per se because that's kind of an american and canadian holiday but some other kind of feast or festival where everybody kind of gets together and spends time with their family and sure and christmas has a lot of general winter imagery that's nice right you can do that sort of stuff but by and large you're just kind of there to have fun and you might as well take advantage of it halloween right if you don't normally run horror games well maybe for halloween you know we're not going to do full-on horror but it might be a little scooby-dooish yeah I think one of the things that makes these useful is that you kind of you hit this point where you probably, especially with Christmas, you don't have nearly as much time to prepare as the GM, right? I mm. mean, your work is probably busy if you work in a lot of industries or even if it's not, you're running around to holiday parties and stuff. You're just going to be swamped. At the same time, you're going to have a much easier time prepping that session because all of the tropes are hundreds of years old. So yeah. you've got all of this material that you can draw on for inspiration, and you basically just have to figure out what spin you're going to put on it, and you're done. Pretty much. All right, so let me ask you this. What are the basic requirements for a good 
holiday game. Buy-in. That I mean, that's that's the basic requirement for any good game, but I think buy-in is an important one. We uh, we spent a bunch of time earlier in the episode talking about how you know sometimes people need a break from a particular holiday, or heck, some of them may not even you know celebrate it. So you definitely need some buy-in. Assuming you have that, I would say you probably want to start with, especially with something like Christmas that's as variegated and has been celebrated for as long and has absorbed you know, so many different traditions, you probably want to narrow it down to a useful interrelated subgroup of those and focus on that for your adventure. I can see that. Certainly for a Christmas game, just it's that time of year when we're recording, we might as well use it as an example. There are a lot of things you can borrow from. Just kind of our pop culture Christmas mythology, you've got Santa Claus flying around and, you know, delivering presents. Well, Okay, maybe it's Santa Claus, and this was a scenario I was considering for our Shadowrun Christmas game. Santa Claus needs help getting into a particular place to deliver presents, <laughs> right? <laughs> like seriously, uh, it was gonna be it was gonna be an escort mission where you were escorting Santa Claus into like corporate habitation quarters. You know, Santa Claus is this very powerful spirit, but he's still just a magic spirit, which is something the Shadowrun rules handle. So it's okay. How do we get this free spirit? into corporate headquarters so he can give everybody gifts and kind of blow their mind. Wait, what? Giving gifts? That's not capitalist. <laughs> I don't understand. Am I allowed to have this? Is my boss going to shoot me? <laughs> there is no branding on this rubber ball. <laughs> you know, but, but that was going to be the thing, right? So that's one way you can do it. There's the classic, let's go rescue Santa Claus. There's the classic... Somebody needs help believing in Santa Claus, right? Miracle on 34th Street. How many things can you do with Rudolph alone? Yeah. Oh. Right? And that's all just centering around Santa Claus. There's all the other Christmas mythology, and that's just the American stuff. There's plenty of European and worldwide stuff that I am entirely unaware of that would make a great game. So here's a here's a more serious question for you. How solid of ground do you think you would be on to to use some of the more well we're a christian podcast so some of the mm -hmm. the more you know christian specific stuff i mean you know the birth of the savior the mm -hmm. you know the coming of the messiah that sort of thing how much that how much of that do you think would be appropriate and that's a question that depends on the tolerance of your group are it you, really does is your group open to like including those things in there or where they think that's proselytizing will they think that that's just a fun thing a, a bit of the mythos that you're going to be doing there or is there someone who's going to be like look I don't want to deal with this religion in my game well or would they consider it irreverent perhaps irreverent yeah sacrilegious even to cheapen those elements because now, I could totally see doing something like that in for instance my lantern night setting sure absolutely I, a lot of it depends on the, the scenario and I think the more allegory and distance you can put from that uh, better like, yes. if, if you tie Jesus into it, you're going to turn a whole lot more people off than if you just say, well, like, there's this day well, of, yeah, of light. Not to mention it's going to be incredibly cheesy. Yeah. I mean, let, let's, let's not disregard the practical consideration. Granted, I would say, if you want to be really clever, if you want to work some of those Christmas story motifs into your game, go for it. You know, a star guiding the way. Uh, shepherds out at night, right? Kind of work some of those little motifs. A in. You're, savior. You're... A great savior is supposed to be born. 
okay, well, yeah, that's that's basically everything, but by filing down that number, well, you know, saviors are born every day in mythology things, so that yeah, fits. Yeah, in, in a nice pantheistic Roman kind of setting, yeah, you got the birth of a great hero. Sure, okay, I'd buy that. I think Brandon's absolutely right. It depends a great deal on your group, but if you can kind of make it sort of subtle and not maybe not super explicit, I think it's a lot of fun. Now, I think for other holidays, maybe not, just because we don't really have a ton of mythology or story around Halloween. It's just uh, scary stuff. I would disagree. There is a ton of mythology around it. Christians don't have a lot of mythology around it, except for All Saints Day. Uh, yeah, but okay, fair there enough. There are, like, if you're getting to just playing any culture in the world, oh, there's a ton of mythology around. Yeah, that's fair. I will say that most of the people I game with probably aren't familiar with it. Not, not all. I'll tell you, not all. Well, definitely. I mean, that's that's great. Then you can, you know, pull something from, you know, an ancient mythology and, like, let people go, that's oh, that was, that was an interesting story about this thing. I'm like, yeah, it came right. from this. Yeah. I remember um, there's a great uh, Roger Zelazny book. I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically all of the great monsters of mythology in the month leading up to Halloween are kind of engaged in this battle for control over Halloween. Mm -hmm. Huh. Right. So you have Dracula and Jack the Ripper and all these others doing things to try and get power and, and it's kind of a chosen sides kind of thing like are you gonna keep the supernatural out this year or bring it in this year a night in the lonesome october that's the name of it very good book i strongly recommend it it's an amazing halloween read but you can do things like that where it's things connected to that particular event and that have the same theme but aren't strictly speaking part of the traditional mythology okay so Aside from that, what makes a good holiday game? I think just buy-in's probably all you need, because, like, if, if people are bought in, they're going to go along with whatever, because if they've bought in with the idea that this is a holiday game, you, mm -hmm. you're going to be able to sell them things a whole lot more easily than anything else, because everything else is just written there. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, yet, yeah, having an interesting or unique take, which is why I brought up the various other myths and mythos that are tied in with uh, All Hallows' Eve and Halloween and All Saints' Day, that you can then pull from that people may not have heard for, about. Well, that's mm -hmm. always interesting because learning about new things to many people is exciting because, oh, I didn't know that. That's new. That was interesting. Wow, I didn't realize about this. And so a good idea is something you're going to need because if it's just like, well, we're going to have a story where and, and, and now we're going to go to Santa and all your characters get to sit on Santa's lap. I mean, I guess I suppose in certain circumstances that could work, but... I mean, as the root of a game, I think that's kind of cool. I mean, that's all the Polar Express story is, by and large. It's the journey there, an event that happens there, and the way back. Yeah. Yeah, that actually, yes, yeah, so that could work. I will say this. I think there's one huge requirement for any sort of holiday game like this, and that's keeping it compact. It's got to be, I think, one session. You might be able to do two if you get an early start, if you have a regular weekly game or something like that. 
but I think you got to keep it really tight. This cannot be a drawn out thing where players kind of go willy nilly. This is almost a con game. I was just going to say structure. Use the same kind of setting or setup that you would use for a con game. Yeah. If you keep it really open and let people draw it out, if people wrap it up three weeks after the holiday, it loses a lot of its punch, right? Yeah. Keep it really tight. And if you're doing a one-shot kind of game, use all the con game tricks. Pre-generated characters, real quick overview, don't let people go too far afield, keep them tight, restrict the scenario, do a little bit of railroading up front to get them headed in the right direction, all those usual tricks. And try and bring those themes and motifs in early to set the, the scene. I don't know if you noticed this, Peter, one of the things I was trying to do in the Shadowrun Christmas special that I did was I was trying to reference a lot of Christmas carols. I That flew right over my head. Too busy with the wacky hijinks with everybody. Uh, that's fair. I, I may not have done it enough, but I was trying to, to reference a couple of them here and there to try and bring them out. And just, it wasn't a big obvious thing, but when I say, you know, you fly out the skylight to the tune of O Tannenbaum, everybody kind of hears that theme and you sort of, it helps with that mental imagery. Yeah. So try and work in things like that. But again, Unless the point of the game is to be cheesy, which is sometimes okay. Well, like, I think that you do, in any holiday game, need a sense of humor. And while I say sense of humor, it doesn't mean it, things have to be funny, but you have to know how to be somewhat light with it uh, and when to put in those references and things like that. It doesn't have to be like, oh, well, you're cracking jokes every five minutes and everything is utter hilarious because i'm sure you've all seen movies where oh it's just wacky hijinks and that's not funny but it, like a sense of humor is like this is how we have to deal with so sort of a, a delicacy to the the story that i attribute to just the generic term of humor because i lack for a better thing word well, to describe a, it a sensitivity to the theme yes like you're doing a halloween special right and okay you're locked in the haunted house don't be like, well, I um, I immediately go outside, call the cops, and we spend the next three hours going over the place, floor to ceiling, with bright lights, and then we burn it down. Well, that's Get into the spirit of it. Yeah, that if you're playing a, a monster in the house for Halloween, which is yeah, the thing just there, an example. Well, then then you need the isolation. Then they can't go outside. You have to say, sure. why can't they go outside? Right, and some of that is set up, but also some of it is buy-in, and some of it is let's try and do things in the spirit of this particular game. Instead of that, yeah, okay, how about we split up, guys? That's a great idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, uh, if it's a Christmas thing, do Christmas things to solve the problem. And maybe it's wacky hijinks, maybe it's really heartfelt, but... Maybe it's deadly serious. I mean, it could, it could be any number of those things. Get the buy-in, right? The buy-in's important. Yeah. Okay, so are there any other tips for making a scenario like this successful. Oh. I'll say this. I know a lot of people put stock in out-of-game props and music. I don't really like those. I would use those with a certain amount of caution. I have seen props work well in a game a couple of times before, coded messages and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I think perhaps if you were going to be... If, <laughs> if we were so fortunate as to have our entire gaming group live in the same town... And we were sitting around a table gaming instead of doing it over uh, Google Plus like we do. I would think that having some kind of Christmas themed object for the Bennies would have probably been fun for the Christmas mm -hmm. game. 
even something as simple as Christmas cookies or yeah, I was just thinking Christmas know, cookies, small ornaments or something. Yeah, I think it's okay to kind of set the mood a little bit. Like, yeah. um, a lot of people try and go overboard, especially with Halloween games. The lights are all out. We're doing it in candlelight, and there's spooky soundtracks. Yeah, you know, I I would say no. You know what? Have some Halloween candy, and maybe have some stuff up in the corners or something. Maybe play a terrible Halloween song, like start it off with, you know, Monster Mash, yeah. something silly. But don't go overboard with it. Christmas, if we were doing a Christmas game in person, I would love to start off, all right, guys, we're going to sit down. Here's your hot chocolate and Christmas cookies. And it's not a big deal, but those are things that are create little mental associations with Christmas and that gets you thinking along those lines. Yeah. I have watched some of the Project Runway things. Uh, mm -hmm. that go on and other shows like that for various girlfriends. And one of the things that I know the main guy said is like, when you're accessorizing or maybe with some other thing, it's like put on everything and then take two things off because you've probably overdone it, which is, I think I remember that. Yeah. And the thing is, is that's exactly what you do here is like, all right, well, let's think of all the crazy things that we could do for Halloween. All right, well, let's not do two of those. And you know what? Take the two most expensive ones out. And <laughs> well, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Don't and certainly don't guilt people into feeling bad about preparation one way or another. Right. Like if you're a player and the GM kind of goes all out, accept that it's kind of a gift to you from the GM or maybe the player who's hosting it has gone all out and is doing stuff with it. Cool. You know, say thank you. And if it's cheesy, try and just roll with it. I know we all kind of want to be the crotchety nerd. That's the alpha nerd stereotype. Don't be that guy. I don't know. I kind of like liking things. It's more fun that way. Yeah, liking things is good. Grouchily disliking things, bad. Remember that whole pride thing we were talking about not too long ago? Yeah. Yeah. Just don't be afraid to get into the spirit of the game, right? I think that's a big deal. And again, a lot of this comes back to buy-in, like Peter and Brandon both said. But the buy-in has to kind of come from everybody, because one person really can ruin a whole thing like that. And if you're not going to be bought in, I would say maybe just bow out for the, that particular week. Yeah. Anything else? You know, I will say music might be okay, depending on the game. Like, I could see Christmas carols playing in the background of a Christmas game if they're really quiet and not distracting. Just something to kind of set that stage. Other than that, though, music is a really distracting thing, and it bothers me at games, so... One thing I think you do need to be careful of, and Brandon, you touched on this before, people who don't particularly celebrate a given holiday. If you're going to do this, be respectful of that. I know there are a lot of Christians who don't particularly like celebrating Halloween. There are a lot of people who aren't Christians who don't particularly like Christmas. And there are a lot of Christians, frankly, who feel overwhelmed by Christmas. So, you know, if you've got an international group of players, Fourth of the July game might not be the best thing in the world. Yay! Oh, we've got people from England. Let's celebrate where we came over and we totally smashed your face in, guys. What do you mean you aren't, like, totally enthused about this? Yeah, if you've got, you know, a bunch of European players, maybe not an Armistice Day game. Unless they're into it. Just feel them out on it, right? Yeah. Just be careful of it. And another thing, and this kind of came to mind because of something my church did this past weekend. There are a lot of people who have some bad memories and trauma focused on Christmas. Mostly because if you've lost loved ones or you've had a lot of family trouble, Christmas is hard because one of the big marketing messages is, oh, it's family and it's a special time with loved ones. And, oh, don't you remember doing X? And when that person's gone, 
That hurts. Or when you don't remember X because you had Y instead and Y was terrible. Yeah, it really stinks. It's terrible. Be careful of that. And be aware that people may not always want to tell you about it. This is yeah. this goes back to our Lines and Veils episode. Just kind of be like, hey, I was thinking of doing a, you know, a holiday game in, you know, a week or the next couple of weeks or something like that. If you guys have any um anything that you want to say about that, get in touch with me privately by email and we'll, you know, Otherwise, I'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah, give the person a safe way to approach you and say, look, this is going to be really tough for me or just bow out or whatever, yeah. however they want to handle it and just be understanding and be kind about whatever it is they choose to do. Yeah. And I think the last thing that I want to mention is that this is not a good excuse to add stress and anxiety to the holidays. All right. No. <laughs> Christmas especially is a mess. We're all trying to get things done. By and large, we're all trying to get Christmas shopping and presents done. Our work schedules are a mess because everybody's taking time off, so we're trying to pack more stuff in. Customers are trying to get all sorts of stuff done. If you work in retail, oh, God bless you. It's a disaster. And more to the point, you have to do all of these things and make all the preparations and decorate everything, and it all needs to be perfect because family's coming and it's got to be right. And you can't be stressed because everything has to look effortless. Sound familiar? <laughs> nope. No, yeah. but thank goodness it doesn't. That sounds awful. It's how Christmas is for a lot of people. And right or wrong. And I will tell you, I don't think that the holidays should be that. But it is for a lot of people. Don't add to that stress. Gaming is a, a hobby and it's something we do for fun. It does not need to be a big production for people. And if people can't make it, so be it. Yeah. That's about all I have to say on the, that particular topic, but don't let the game that you're trying to run here stress you out. Don't let it be something extra, because people who show up stressed like that, if it's adding stress to them, they're not going to enjoy the game. Yeah, and I, th I think it's probably a good thing to keep in mind that your game shouldn't be adding stress to people's lives anyways. This is our hobby. This is something that we do to enjoy ourselves. I mean, yeah. every once in a while, you'll probably have a session that's a little stressful because you've decided to tackle some tougher themes or because it's just been one of those evenings. But Yeah, or, hey, I didn't prepare. Yeah, Oops. or, you know, interruptions or whatever. But by and large, gaming should, re should be stress negative in your life, not stress positive. Yeah. All right. So anything else? Because it's 8 o'clock. Yeah, Brandon's got to go. And frankly, I don't have much else. Yeah, I really don't have anything else either. So Cool. Short topic, which is good. Uh, we will see you guys next week for you know our usual resolutions bonus episode. But from all of us here at Saving the Game, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. See ya. Have a good one, everybody. Merry Christmas. This podcast episode is a production of Saving the Game and may be redistributed under a Creative Commons non-commercial, non-derivative license, so long as appropriate credit is given. Our music is by Ryan Humphrey. Saving the Game is syndicated through InroadsMinistries.com, RPGPodcasts.com, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. To hear past episodes and to connect with us or our community of listeners, visit our website at SavingTheGamePodcast.org. God bless, and happy gaming.